Welcome back to the What Nots Review Show, number 253. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you this Hello. weekend? I am doing well. How's your weekend? Good so far. Lots of rain. We're cuts. It's been a real gloomy week. Started playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So the, okay. the world is, is crying, shedding more tears oh, of the no. kingdom for me. Uh, but that's it. No, it's great. <laughs> great weekend <laughs> so far. Uh, lots of good stuff. So there you go. Nice. You go. Good to what hear. about you? Any plans? Uh, yesterday, we took our, our mom to the science center for mm. Mother's Day. She wanted to take my niece to the planetarium. So it was just me and my mom my older brother and my niece and we get the first planetarium tickets of the day for this like little kid friendly show with like a cartoon son on it. Uh, we are the only people in the planetarium. It was a private showing exclusively for the Wilkinson family. That's kind of cool though, right? Yeah. Have the whole planetarium <laughs> to you can be as loud and obnoxious as you right. want or just sit there and take it all in and not have to worry about anyone else. Yes. Those stars yeah. are just for us. Indeed. Um, speaking of just for us, I got to p pitch a cartoon that I've uh -huh. been wanting to rewatch for a long, long t t time. So I guess this is maybe just for me. M m m mm. So I, I hope you enjoy enjoyed it, too. I did. <laughs> uh, but this week here on the Whatnots Review Show, we are finally g getting to talk about the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon uh, ran for about two seasons, a total of 26 episodes. One? Disney I, Plus I listed as one season. Yeah, and I I think it's technically like aired on TV as two, but it was just like it, it, it got canceled so early that it was just like, let's just stick the whole thing up as one. Um, but yeah, spectacular Spider-Man. Um, man, I I never initially watched this when it came out i was a little bit late to the party um actually hold up before i do all of that stuff in case you guys didn't know the whatnots review show every week here on the show we have a brand new story to talk about could be a manga could be a comic book a tv show movie all sorts of stuff we read it we watch it we come back here and talk about it like i Sometimes. said we are so excited to talk about the thing we forget to do our actual intro at all yeah exactly exactly I, I i like to play it loose sometimes and not do the stuff like right at the at the start and sometimes i think it works out well it has that like you know you get introduced to everyone okay here's the spiel on the show all that stuff sometimes i just completely forget to do the the yeah. intro like on the captain's log of this pet <laughs> Last week, we went through the entirety of the show and I was ending it and realized I hadn't done the intro. I was like, well, oh, well, <laughs> too, mm. too late now. Uh, but yeah, here we are. Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, yeah, I, I, I came a little bit late to this show. Um, I think after it had already gotten canceled um, and I started checking it out and it fell in love with it pretty fast. And 
was so upset when I learned that this got canceled uh, and did not make it into a third season, especially since it has a cliffhanger ending. Um, or it's, it's like not wrapped up by the end. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it it's it's a show that I've been wanting to rewatch for a while because I think it's a really good example of a Spider-Man cartoon. Um, I think it's a decent cartoon in, in its own right. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get a little, little more not. I mean, I, I think I described it a couple weeks ago as like, let me get a children's show here on on mm. on our podcast. And it is. But it's also not like a baby cartoon. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> baby I'm cartoons for babies. Words here. Yeah. It's no, I understand. It is like a TV Y7. Uh, it's yes, got a yeah. similar sort of tone and level to it to like an Avatar, The Last Airbender, but in a, a, a Spider-Man coming of age in a New York high school setting. Yeah, I I really liked it. I was impressed by this. I think the show is really well structured, both as a a whole season and within its individual episodes. It plays with the storytelling in certain Mm -hmm. episodes in a way I really appreciated. It's got a big cast of characters with the rogues gallery and with Peter's high school peers, and they will introduce characters for long plot lines like you meet a just regular old scientist named Dr. Octavius episodes before he ever becomes a Doc Ock. Like I right. like the yeah. lead in time to everything yes. and the fallout time. Uh, for example, another one of the early villains is Kurt Connors, who turns into the lizard. And then Peter is able to heal him. He's able to help him. And then he's just regular Kirk Connors for the rest of the season, but still dealing in the back of his mind. Oh, no. What if I become the lizard again? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, this is a great example of Spider-Man and his cast of characters and his world. There's a number of changes and stuff that they made from the original comics, um, but it the, the show does a great job of paying homage to the original comics to the Sam Raimi movies, to the the ultimate Spider-Man comics and kind of mixing them all together to create something that is that like feels genuinely like, oh, yes, they nailed it. This is Spider-Man. Um, it has a great uh, I mean, the, the creators behind it have uh, done some notable work. Uh, Victor Cook and Greg Wiseman. Um, Greg Wiseman, you guys might remember if you're an older head like uh, Melissa and I from from Gargoyles. He then also went on to create Young Justice, which is a very well regarded DC comic superhero show. And Victor Cook is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the directors on Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Uh, which we have also one of my very favorites on yes. that show um, long, long ago. Realized that like they had done all of that stuff until I looked them up and was just like, oh, we did. Yes, yes, right. yes. Great stuff. <laughs> no wonder this cartoon great. is so good. Right. Yes. Great pedigrees. Thank you for bringing these details. I knew I knew yeah. these names from something. Exactly. Uh, great voice cast mm-hmm. to uh, 
uh, everyone from D. Bradley Baker, who does all of the clones in the the Star Wars oh. uh, Clone Wars cartoons, up to Bad Batch. Uh, we get to see Clancy Brown yeah. uh, in in this. Um, all, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of people are 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 in this for sure. Um, a nice yeah. use of Ed Asner time. for a flashback episode about Uncle Ben. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I had a blast rewatching this. Uh, it is a good one indeed. But yeah, uh, plot wise, um, I mean, it's, it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You've heard of him. Yeah, he's uh, Peter he's... Parker. But shh, keep that a secret. <laughs> Keep that on the low. Don't tell his Aunt May, uh, who he, he's taking care of as best he can. Uh, but yeah, mm. it is Peter Parker in his high school times. Uh, he has been Spider-Man for a little while. Um, yeah. Not super couple long. A couple months, maybe a year at most. Um, but yeah, he's still kind of figuring things out. Uh, he's just starting to get his job at the Daily Bugle. Uh, where he is t- taking pictures of Spider-Man. You guys know the deal. Mm, uh, yeah. And it's just, it's kind of his life and the things he gets up to in high school, the relationship drama, um, all, all of the stuff. Like, should I try out for the football team? Should I try out for the school play? Should I date Liz Allen? Should I date Gwen Stacy? What about my best mm. friend, Harry Oz? Well, I have to say... The show did not do a great job of making them seem like best friends. It seems like they hate each other. (laughs) I will say this, though. Harry was the first thing that told me I was in good hands. This is the dorkiest Harry Osborn I have ever seen. He is not cool. And I really love getting to see that perspective on Harry where he truly is kind of a dweeb. Yep, exactly. Um, but but yeah, he he has run ins with every from from bigger, more well-known villains uh, like Doc Ock and the Lizard, Mysterio, the Green Goblin uh, to mm-hmm. some smaller ones that uh, you might not know as as much from uh, from Montana Ox and fancy <laughs> fancy Dan, uh, the big man, Tombstone, Hammerhead, all sorts of stuff. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a great cast of characters. Uh, I I like this show a, a lot. In, indeed, it's yes. one to check out for sure. Um, yeah, I think it is very well rounded. Yeah, I, I just want to note that we happen to be recording this episode on Mother's Day, and I think that's appropriate for in honor of Aunt May, one of pop culture's greatest maternal figures. Shout out to yes. you, Aunt May, on Mother's exactly. Day and every day. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I say we take a quick break for some housekeeping, uh, and then when we come back, we can dive right into spoilers and start breaking it down a little bit more. Um, so yeah, we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, thank you so much. It means the world to us. 
You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Once again, a big shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. We love you a lot. It means a ton. Uh, cool things we've been up to here at the Whatnots over on our Patreon exclusive show, The Pilots Club. Uh, we just talked about the pilot for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Uh, so if you uh, want some more Marvel cartoon action, you can go check that out. That's at our three dollar tier and above. I really, really enjoy that show. Both the Pilots Club making it and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, right here on the review show, a couple of weeks ago, I was about to say last week, but we took the week off no. last week uh, on the review show, a rare occasion. Um, but last episode here on the review show, we started our monthly ongoing coverage of The Good Place. Um, a, a our, our first sitcom that we're doing here on the review show. We've done a few like sitcom exchanges Why? and a few episodes We've... from this, and I give them to Melissa, and she gives me some from yeah. another one. But first time watching the entirety of a sitcom. We've done comedic shows before, but For yeah, sure. this is our first. I think like network sitcom we're really discussing in detail. Uh, and I, it, it, this was especially a uh, a genre of show that I wanted to bring to the monthly ongoing series to watch something from yeah. beginning to end and not just season one, where I know a lot of sitcoms can still be a little shaky. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so we will be covering the remaining seasons of The Good Place over the next couple of months at the end of each month. Uh, so be on the lookout for all of that. Over on the Reactor Core. We have a spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, and we have been continuing our reactions to Yellow Jackets uh, Season 2. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about all of that stuff. Over on the Captain's Log, uh, we got to talk about uh, the, my dad just figuring out that dad jokes are a thing. We got to, to talk about uh, this manga's new new app and when you stopped playing with toys as toys, mm -hmm. not just like I have collectibles yes. back here. But yeah. like, when did you stop like mashing them together yes. and fighting them and making them kiss? And making a Barbie right? kiss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Long exactly. time. Uh, lots of fun stuff for you all to check out. Um, but yeah, that is housekeeping. Uh, so I say we get on to spoilers. Spectacular Spider-Man. Melissa, the first sure thing is. I want to talk about is the theme song. What did you think of the theme <laughs> song? Because I, I love this theme song. It's so catchy. And I think one of the best scenes in the entirety of the show is when there's there's three villains on the elevator. 
just waiting as it goes up and one of them is humming the game song Spider-Man, and they all like look at him just like what are you doing he's like what it's catchy and i'm just like that's great so what did you think <laughs> it's very of its time uh which i mean positively it sounds like sure. a yeah. mid-2000s like indie rock song yeah and not the traditional bombastic, he soars through the air, Spider-Man theme. Right. Yeah. That or, or the like really traditional Spider-Man, spider like yes, trying to yes. do something on that, which that one almost seems goofy in comparison. Like it has the theme song has a cool factor to mm. it. Because, um, yeah, you can't even this- hear all of the. You can't even hear all of the lyrics clearly, which I think is also included under the umbrella of cool factor. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's it's so catchy. It's different. I, I don't feel like there has been a Spider-Man theme song set or before that has been as catchy as this one. I, I don't know if I'd go so far, far as to say that this is the best Spider-Man theme song that's out there, but it's it, it's up there. For sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just had to, to ask on 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 that because I, I like it. One thing I, I do also like in that is because there is such a big cast of characters in this yes. show, the animation that is happening during the theme song introduces different characters every time it repeats them every so often but Mm. you know some sometimes you'll get like peter parker and mary jane and flash thompson whereas the other time might be liz allen and j jonah jameson and Mm. frederick foswell and stuff like that and you're just like what there's so many characters oh my god there are Um, I would skip over the intro uh, after the first couple times I watched it, just oh, in the interest of time. How dare you, <laughs> <laughs> Or sometimes I would have it on and I wouldn't be looking at it. So it was until quite a ways into the series that I realized they were doing that. But I yeah. like the idea. Yeah. Um, good game song. I like it. That's all I have to say mm-hmm. on, that, on that one. Uh, but I'm cu- curious to know a little bit more about your thoughts uh on on this as it like it mixes in the the, even stuff from like the sam raimi movies yeah Um, just like what an upside down kiss yeah what stood out to 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 you about uh this cartoon here like i said i like how they would introduce something for a longer game than you would expect in a tv y7 cartoon from disney xd in like 2008 like they would play things out over a couple episodes like i said you meet dr octavius and later you find out he's going to turn into doc ock uh there's it 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 it, it, it's got smaller arcs like here's the venom arc for instance but you first meet eddie brock in like episode one as like an older friend of of peter and gwen's like he was an upperclassman when they were freshmen or something Mm -hmm. and now he's another one of the uh helpers the the assistants the lab assistants there with dr connors like they it's a bunch of different people who just sort of rotate in and out of peter's life in a way that felt a a bit more naturalistic like i like the idea that somebody did not arrive on the scene exactly when they were needed to be a friend or foe 
they were just sort of always there and then just brought into the spotlight for a couple episodes. Then they'll recede back a little ways. I liked mm-hmm. that a lot. There was a lot of pieces on the chessboard at any given time, both in terms of the rogues gallery and the the love interests and the peers. Like we start with there's Gwen yeah. Stacy. You know, her and Peter don't immediately have a thing, but you know who Gwen Stacy is. You know where this is going. Then he starts tutoring Liz Allen and he kind of gets a crush on her. I love the runner with Mary Jane. I really like how she's introduced where just like in the comics, uh, this is one of the few things I do know about the comics is that Aunt May is friends with her grandma and they hang out all the time. And she tells Peter like, oh, you should really hang out with Mary Jane Watson. She's a lovely girl. She's got a great personality. And Peter's thinking, oh, great personality. That means she's ugly. (laughs) And he never outright says that, but, you know, he'll be talking to Harry and he's like, my aunt wants to set me up with this girl who has a great personality. And then Harry will like roll his eyes and they do that for a a couple episodes before it's the school dance. He had nobody to ask for the school dance. He tried to ask Betty Brandt, who's like 20, I think. And she's like. Which is That's really sweet, Peter, but no thank reference you. to the Sam Raimi movies in the mm. comics. Betty is like one of his first girlfriends. Oh, uh, they're they're the same age in, in the high school oh, to okay. get together and stuff. Yeah, it's Betty and Liz are like the first kind of couple uh, love interests in high school. Uh, and then he gets to college. And that's when he meets Gwen oh. Stacy, and it's her for a long time. And then, yeah, he's like, "Hey, I hear MJ has a great personality," and that goes on for so long, and you don't yes. see her. And if you if you do see her in a panel, it's almost the like they're all covered up except for her feet or except for so mm, like you don't mm-hmm. see her yeah and then we, we we get the like shot our shot uh thing of he opens the door and is just stunned at how beautiful yes. she is and she has the famous line face it tiger you just hit the jackpot uh, yeah just so confident right it's yes yeah i i never knew the original canonicity of Betty Brandt. I always presumed it was what I saw in the Sam Raimi version. And then they they they, they twisted into the one from the the John Watts version. So thank you for telling me what Betty Brandt yes. actually started as. I didn't know. Yeah. Um but yeah he has no date for the the dance at the last minute. And she's like, well there's this girl I've been telling you about. So they bring her in as a date and he's like, wow, she's really pretty, but they don't hit it off like that right away. I really like that they establish MJ as a girl who likes to flirt, but isn't in for a relationship right now. She's like, I just like having fun with people. Like she's really easygoing and casual and breezy and confident. Right. So there's not really any hint of a romance between the two of them in this season. Yeah. He's focused on, on Gwen and on Liz. So I liked also, yeah, the rotation between different love interests he, he could have also. Like I said, yeah. there's just a lot going on here. It is pretty dense uh, for the format that it is a kid cartoon. Yeah, yeah. which I I think Spider-Man, there's there's a couple comic book characters that really lend themselves to this style of storytelling. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but they they have such a large cast that, yeah, you can have 
it, like you, you you can't have certain characters play the long game they get introduced and it maybe takes a season and a half to like for them to come into their 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 own there's a couple plot threads in this cartoon that has not like it never got to finish mm. because the characters hadn't been revealed yet or mm. or stuff like that um i will say that the the character that the show leads you to believe that the big man is it's not who the big man is in the comics um and it like the character that he is in the comics yeah. is it is in the, the show he's right there and so it, 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 it's 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 like they they are setting this up for the big oh, reveal on wow. this stuff um there's a I will, go ahead no i just want to say that i when they said the big man my immediate thought was oh kingpin because even right. though he's primarily a daredevil villain like he's the villain in into the spider-verse where he is spider-man huge he, yeah. he, there's never been a bigger man than wilson fisk and into the spider verse so i thought i had the jump on the series i'm like i know who they mean by the big man and then it's l thompson lincoln a character i've never heard of and no wilson fisk. yeah yeah um like spider-man has his sinister six like the more famous of the islands yeah but spider-man also deals a lot with like the crime families of new york mm. in the same way that batman might deal with the falcones or something like that um and and so it's 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 interesting to see him go from these more like bombastic super villains to these more like godfather like characters um but i minor spo spoilers i guess not spoilers for the show since it doesn't get yeah. revealed but the big man is frederick foswell the other reporter that's been at the bugle for a long time oh. that has that the the fake identity with oh, the wow. patches it's him he's the one manipulating stuff um yeah <laughs> i did not uh, yeah I, I mean, see this is stuff i couldn't see coming like at the end of the day could the show have changed it and pivoted away from that sure yes um mm -hmm. they 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 do change some things in the show um and you know mix and match from different sources but that is just kind of another example of like here's this character that's introduced early on he's kind of a like he's in the back around through most of it but he's there like he's you see him at the bugle you see him as his patches identity like trying to play undercover and stuff like that it could be that in season two he gets found out and stuff like that um another example of that uh would be miles warren the scientist that uh takes over dr kirk connor's lab uh he is the he was one of in in the comics he was one of peter and gwen's high school like sus or not high school uh college science professors he's the one that is responsible for cloning peter parker mm. uh, and the whole ben riley clone yeah. saga all that stuff he turns into the villain the jackal 
um, which is, again, like, uh, who? Who is that for, for most? Right. Um, but yeah, he, he ends up cloning Go and Stacy at some point, too. Like, it's a whole big, big uh, thing. But yeah, I, I like that, that they, they can play this long game, but then also immediately have stuff like well here's the lizard here's Doc yeah. Doc, here's the green goblin just right, right away just like here's all of these and it feels like a lot but then you still have these like in the back around here's the plot right um that's good it's fun i i, I enjoy it a lot mm-hmm. uh, good stuff with that uh let's let's talk a little bit more about the like high school aspect of this because i i think it it, it had been a while since i had watched this so i didn't remember exactly like Mm. what the major plots were in the show when i pitched it and i think there's a a thing on their wikipedia that i had read off that was like each season focuses on a semester in school and stuff like that yeah now having rewatched the show i don't necessarily think that's true um, i i think approximately it is 13 episodes for fall season 13 episodes for for spring semester time does pass we do get like a halloween episode a thanksgiving yes. episode yeah uh, right valentine's um, day yeah i did like that but i i i feel i feel like i was kind of expecting them to also mark time with like exams and stuff yeah. of, of like, oh, here's the end of the semester exams mm. or stuff like that. And I, I think it was just less like, oh, this season revolves around this semester than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I like a lot of the school stuff. I, I like that that is mixed in there, too, because that also mm. is part of the like Spider-Man, Peter Parker drama so he just has a lot going on all he the does. time. He does. <laughs> yeah. I will say it's a lot more about the social pressures of school and less about the academic pressures. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's never like an exam is not a big plot point. You know, it's not like he has to fight Doc Ock and also get home in time to write a term paper. Like his academic performance is not as big of a factor as maybe I would have liked to have seen it, Ben. But there is a lot of social stuff. There's dances, tries out for the football team, you know, tries out for the school play, all this stuff. There's a lot of events like carnivals and things he's going to with his peers. You see them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like that cast of characters. I I like that it included a lot of girls but every girl is somebody's love interest. Like it's, there's a lot of women in the cast who are somebody's girlfriend. Uh, And I like that Peter's got his dedicated love interest and it's not like, I have a crush on every girl, (laughs) but I would have liked to be had. (laughs) I would have liked if he had like more platonic connections with girls that outside of like, do I like her? Does she like me? Like it's, I have a crush on this girl or she has a crush on me or she teases me like Sally Avril. I would have liked to have seen, I just have to work on a project with glory. You know, Oh, it turns out Sean Wynn rides the same bus as me and is notices that I'm falling asleep on the bus every morning. Could she sense that I'm Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think of that cast, I don't, 
I don't remember Sally or Shashan being a thing in the comics. Um, mm-hmm. e- e- even in the o- Ultimate Spider-Man <laughs> comics, I don't think they're really a thing. So they might be new for this show. Um, but yeah, like I, they, it is high school. They do all kind of pair off, right? Mm. There is some mm. p- 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 pettiness between the characters mm. when they see like their partner talking to someone yes. else and just being like, what, what's happening here? This is illegal. This can't happen. Um, <laughs> I I I I think everyone is pretty true to the characters though, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that you they introduce you to like D-list Spider-Man like side characters like Kong. It's like yes, <laughs> I I'm so glad that Kong is in this cartoon um, or, or like Glory, uh, who is like Glory is someone that I don't think Peter ever dated. They maybe flirted a little bit here and the, there and was like, what if maybe? And then they were just mm-hmm. like, I don't think so. Um, but like she ends up be, 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 being like a really good like platonic f- 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 friend for Peter down the nice. road. Um, yeah, I like I, I think they have a great cast of characters in their um in like in high school and all the stuff that they can do because he has his like nerdy friend in mm-hmm. harry who, like i said mm-hmm. at the start they say they're best friends but in the 26 episodes we got like i peter just t- t- treats him like dirt all the time I, <laughs> um, I think they do introduce conflict pretty early in that relationship i also would have seen like i would have liked to have seen more status quo between peter and harry so we had more of a baseline of what do these two people do together for fun what are their bonds how long have they known each other yeah yeah um that i i I think that would have been fantastic like he obviously does care about him Mm. but it's also the same way that he cares about everyone else like he won't let F- yeah, flash yeah. get hurt like he won't but he's not best friends with flash despite what mm. flash's mom uh thinks <laughs> at, at the end <laughs> right like uh, which was great um but yeah like i i i would have liked to to see mo- more of them actually being best Buds mm. and like being a, t- a team like spider-man is a character that is famous for his team-ups in the comics too mm. um and i i think you can do that same concept in the high school area mm. right where it's like here he is teaming up with harry here he is t- teaming up with glory here he is t- mm. teaming up with whoever right um and I think it would have been sweet to see like his team up with Harry and they just whatever it is like they are knocking it out of the park like they are yeah. in sync and just like they know yes. each other. They have been best friends. Uh, and I think that would have been really neat. Um, yeah. Don't truly get that. We're just kind of told that they're best mm. friends. And then mm. Harry gets hooked on Mountain do and turns evil. And, uh, <laughs> I want to say green. I also <laughs> I really liked what they did with the Green Goblin across the season. There are plenty of times where the show legitimately surprised me with a plot twist. Like yeah. it is challenging enough for an adult viewer. 
while not being over challenging for a seven year old. I think it hits a really nice specific balance with its storytelling. So, of course, you go in having seen the same Raimi movies thinking, oh, Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. It's also it's in the comic books, I guess. My, my main baseline is the Sam Raimi movies. And then you find out that it is Peter, uh, that, it, that it is Harry, and that Harry has been taking Globulin Green, which is some, like, performance enhancer that Oscorp has been taking. He's he been describes taking it, it as a soda, and it's this, like, <laughs> lime green soda. Yes. So that's why I'm just like, yeah, it's Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah, he's just doing test tubes of Mountain Dew, and that makes him... <laughs> Strong enough to, like, get onto the football team. And he's doing all this because he's like, I want my dad to be proud of me. Like, you still have, you have a Norman Osborn who's not as much of a jerk as we've seen any in any of the live action movies. But still distant, has his standards way too high. Harry can never meet him. Uh, mm-hmm. He does have a mom who is alive in this show, but she also seems... Just distant, just silent, just sort of walking through the background of a room, sitting there at the dinner table, eating and not talking to anybody. So Harry's got a very cold family life and he starts taking the globulin green to do better at school, just be stronger, smarter, faster, all of that. And then he comes to the realization, I've been blacking out. I turned into the green goblin and I've been doing green goblin things to try I think it was like the Green Goblin was taking out Oscorp's rivals. So that was another subconscious way that he was trying to like win his dad's affection. Like, look how much I'm he, doing for the family business. Over he, here's a conversation yeah. between his dad and Hammerhead. So like they they mm. they actually do the work to like put everything in place to be like, yes, it is possible yeah. that he could be yes. the one. Of course, like he does actually know this stuff. It makes sense uh which i i think some other shows might have like not put in the work and tried to be like mm-hmm. but it was him right and then it was just like but that doesn't really add up and then they do like a yeah. flash back yeah. and it's just like all right all right you're, you're uh-huh. trying but no they th- th- this mm-hmm. show puts in the work and lays the clues yeah and then harry has to go to rehab for globulin green. I like that we had a a a, a kid appropriate take on a substance abuse issue in yeah, this which is show true that, to his character too in from the I, co- comics, yeah. See, that was something I I hadn't encountered uh did with a Harry before except for when he's really getting into the power of the green goblin juice or whatever. <laughs> I think like the the Dane DeHaan one does that in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, maybe. But I I like that it shows the fallout of that. Like Harry is gone for several episodes while he's in this rehab. And then he comes back and he has to sort of reintegrate himself into the the high school landscape. And while he was on the Globulin Green, he like joined the football team. He was part of the team that like won this big championship. And later, like months later, he's Flash accuses him of going off on some fancy European vacation with his parents or whatever. And he's like, no, I had a problem. I was abusing that thing and I had to go away. Like he's trying to uh, get some sort of sympathy from Flash and Flash instead of being like, oh, I didn't know you were going through that. I'm sorry. I accused you of just slacking off and going on vacation. Flash takes another approach and he's like, 
you were on substances while we won that championship. That jeopardizes the championship. That's null and void now. Yeah. And then at the end of that episode, you find out that he reported it to uh, to, you know, the high school or the, the football association or whatever. And the big trophy is taken out of the Midtown High School lobby. Like, yeah, you're disqualified. It was not fair that you won that. And Flash is like, something I really like about the show is that it gives its antagonistic characters like a good feature that is seen by Peter. Peter sees Flash as a jerk. He's this like hotshot quarterback. But when he plays, he does play fair. He abides by the rules. If something goes wrong, he will own up to it, even if it takes away his big championship status. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Flash Thompson a lot. Um, I, I get like one of my favorite things for him is that he he picks on Peter Parker. He's a bully. He's kind of mean mm. every now and then. But man, is he the biggest spider-man yes. fan in the world <laughs> and will will do anything for spider-man just to get his appro- approval and and just to hear good job right <laughs> like yeah just like spider-man senpai notice me mm-hmm. um and uh, like I, I i like that kind of back and forth because peter can play with that and also yeah like deep down he realizes that flash is a good person um Mm-hmm. and and that's kind of why he puts up with the bullying at school like he's just he's just like i like at the end of the day i know that's not who he is mm-hmm. like he's kind of acting out in front of his friends again he's in high school like this is yeah. not what he's gonna be like when he's an adult down the road um and flash i i think ends up uh being one of the more important characters in Peter's life in in, in general and not just mm. in this sh- 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 show. Um, I know in the comics, like after high school, he ends, I think he might go to college for a little bit, but I think he drops out and that's when he joins the military. Mm. Um, he comes back and he's paralyzed from the waist down, eventually becomes Venom um all of mm. this stuff there was an issue in the comics a, a more modern day one i think i think this was in the middle of dan slot's first big run on i don't remember exactly but uh it's like he he's it's the end of his run as venom something is happening and like peter has to kind of reveal who he is to 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 him uh mm-hmm. and like on as flash is dying and it is just this big heartfelt moment of like you were peter parker all along i'm so sorry i picked on you my whole life like all of this stuff and he's just like no you were amazing um so yeah it's it's great stuff um sweet but yeah i i I like that flash is the one to turn like this in and notify the authorities because everyone else thinks like harry like why would you turn yourself in and like do all of this stuff and he was like no that was flash who yeah notified this like he was the one that did the right thing um that was good yeah yeah very very noble it it also Mm -hmm. does a, a lot, not a lot, but enough for J. Jonah Jameson. Such a blowhard. You know, such a hard ass. But he's got the same feature like I I know he has in the comics where 
he protects his sources. If you work for J. Jonah Jameson and you are loyal and somebody comes to him like, tell me who takes all the pictures of Spider-Man. He will not give up Peter Parker's name. Like, he takes care of his people. And he's so genuinely loving and proud of his son uh, in a way oh, that is oh, really yeah. touching. Always. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there's an episode where Aunt May and uh, Grandma Watson go to some Broadway play, which stars the same actor who comes back later as the guest theater oh, teacher at the it- school. Okay. I really like that continuity. Um, but yeah, then, then there's some big fight, you know, in the city street. And she sees it and she gets stressed out and she has a heart attack. And of course, Peter's off doing Spider-Man things. He didn't, you know, he's fighting whoever the villain was. I don't remember. But like, he completely misses this. And when J. Jonah Jameson learns about it, he's like very somberly like, I will call Parker. I, I will, I know wh- what his aunt means to him. I want to be the one to tell him this. Like, I owe him this news comes from the top and he like really softens up. And there was another very sweet aspect of the show is when all the kids at high school find out that Aunt May had this uh, heart attack. She's in the hospital. Everybody is really sympathetic. I liked that the kids in Peter's school, regardless of how they feel about Peter, know that he lives with his Aunt May and like nobody teases him for it. They all like Aunt May, even if they don't like Peter. Separate of their feelings Aunt for May's Peter, great. they're like, we, we all respect Aunt May. We all want to take care of her. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, this version of Aunt May is a lot more along the lines of what we see in the u- ultimate Spider-Man mm. comics. She's a little bit younger. She's a little more spunky. A little bit. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, she's still o- older. She's still gray. Right. But uh, she's older than Sally Field, younger than Rosemary Harris on the range of Aunt May's. Yeah. 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 Not as young as Marissa. But right. Yeah. And like that is I like I've come to really appreciate that version of Aunt May when she is she's still spry. She can still get up and do things. And she's not always completely helpless yes Um, one of the things as as a big spider-man fan in the comics i'm sorry but aunt may's gotta go like she's still around how (laughs) she has been a dinosaur for so long and it it, like they they try to do content like they they, yeah they they try to do progression of like oh well she's doing fine and oh she has a heart attack attack oh mm-hmm. she's now flirting with dr octopus that's weird oh now she's dating jay jonah jameson that's strange too which is a thing that happens in the comics oh. um so like they, they they try to give her new things in the comics to do but it, it just seems kind of ridiculous that she's still like <laughs> still here and it's just like I mean, good for her, but wow, yeah. okay. <laughs> we all wish we had the Aunt May secret. Right. I like yeah. that this Aunt Maybe May it's Maybelline, uh, you know? I don't know. Right. <laughs> she's got a slight she's got these like bangs. She's got kind of a cool haircut for a lady of her age. And she's working on of course Aunt May's like always cooking stuff. Uh yep. and there's a partic- there's a point where Peter notices, wow, you're cooking a lot of things. And then you find out she's been working on a cookbook to like support her and peter she's like i'm gonna sell all these recipes i do and then when she has the heart attack she's like i guess i'll have to make a healthier cookbook now maybe i ate too much rich food 
testing all those <laughs> recipes. I I like whenever Aunt May has like a some sort of a profession or or a purpose unto herself yes. that isn't just caring for Peter, even if it's like I am earning money that will go to Peter. Even just hanging out with MJ's grandma, yes. right? Like, yeah, give her she's got a social life. Um, yeah, yes. I, I, I think that helps a, a lot. But um, yeah, I, I, I do do like the, the younger, spunkier aunt. Mm. Uh, she's just fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is more like the ultimate comics. Uh, something else that's more like the ultimate comics is uh eddie barack working for honors in the lab there and that like his family knew the parker family and they died together they were working on like the day we're all scientists together um that is a lot like the the ultimate comics Mm. um I did appreciate the variety of you've got all these kids in high school and then you've got a couple of characters who are just a little older college age, like like Eddie Brock and Betty Brant in this world. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I appreciate that because it gives Peter some people to kind of not necessarily look up to per se, but I think just an older person that he could potentially Mm -hmm. go to for advice not yes. that you would really go to Eddie for advice, yeah. but uh, yeah. I could see like that platonic relationship with Betty, like mm-hmm. being something like that. Like, hey, I'm having trouble in school or here's what's yes. happening with me and Gwen. Like, what do I do? And and her like yeah. being able to like kind of relate and be like, hey, I was in your situation four years ago like that's not mm. like here's what i mm. I, I did here's how I, I got to where i am now like i, mm. I think yeah. something like that is really cool for him to ha- have in ha- ha- high school yeah um, somebody who is in between a peer and an authority figure i think is a nice level to add to his world i do want to say briefly i like that we spend a little bit of time with the other daily bugle staff not a lot, yeah. but but enough that it's noticeable. Like you know the f- names and faces of the other people there. Ned They're Leeds, not just sort of all Foswell, amorphous Betty, people. Robertson, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah. Those are all super important characters in his life. Uh, in, in the comics, uh, Betty and Ned end up getting married. Um, mm. They they're a a. a Thing. Like I said, Foswell ch- turns out to be the big man. Um, yeah, uh, j- j- yeah, j- like I, yeah, it, it's it's neat to he, he has all of these different pockets, and that I think is what's so cool about Spider Man is that you can tell yeah. a story in each one, or you can tell a big one that kind of has bits and pieces in yeah. all of the, the, them. Uh, like you, you could absolutely tell an investigative journalism story with Spider-Man. Like he has the characters to fit that. You could tell an organized crime story with him. You could tell a like superhero bombastic, you know, flying in the sky stuff with that you can tell a sci-fi alien story with that like there's so much i do want to say that when uh the the alien symbiote is introduced when 
John Jameson's ship has has trouble coming in for a landing. That's a whole episode where everybody's really tensely watching the news. And J. Jonah Jameson is calling like uh, one of the Beagle staff who's right there, like at Cape Canaveral or whatever. Like, I want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from the news. If my son has died, really high stakes there. But like, that's how you get the alien symbiote that's clinging to the outside of the ship. And there's all these news about it. Which then the Venom movie borrowed. Yeah. Years later. Like, that just makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like, oh, he's in space. So let's put the the space thing on the thing that returns to Earth. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. But it's on the news. Like, there's some sort of alien substance here on this space, on this, not spaceship, a rocket that, that landed. Spaceships come from space to Earth. Earth, if it goes from Earth to space, that's a, a good old American rocket. A shuttle? Yeah. A <laughs> sure. rocket? A spacecraft. But the alien goes stuck to it, and it's on the news. Like, what is this? When are we going to find out more? Is this alien life? And the uh, the sample of it ends up going to the Connors Lab at fictional Empire State University for study. Uh, and Peter is on the outs with them because while Spider-Man helped cure Dr. Connors of being a lizard in the eyes of Dr. Connors and his wife, Peter disappeared. Peter was not there to help when he should have. So they're like, Peter, you are no longer an intern at the lab. Like we we don't want to talk to you. So they've kind of iced him out. So Peter can't get in there to check it out. So he goes as Spider-Man and they like that. He goes just as a science nerd. I think that was a really nice thing to see from this character who like, yeah, we know it's smart about science because he goes to these internships and he builds stuff for himself. He builds a suit and whatever. But to see him just be interested in a scientific news story, not as a superhero, like what is this possible threat? Will I have to fight it? Just as right. a, a kid who's like, wow, I want to look at a cool science thing. I'm going to sneak in there as Spider-Man because I can't do it as Peter. It yeah, yeah. I, I liked seeing that just sort of innocent enthusiasm from him absolutely absolutely another um a brief detail i want to share based off of him building things for himself i love the detail that so so the season starts at the beginning of the fall semester you can imagine that the fateful field trip where he gets bit by the spider was like at the end of spring semester maybe he was learning to actually be spider-man over summer i really Mm. like that as the show progresses through natural time it gets to winter and he's like Oh, I built the suit in hot weather. I have to adapt it now that it's cold. How do I make my suit warm? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That is a like Spider-Man being a science nerd and inventing like the 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 web shooters and all of that, 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 that stuff. He he is really someone that tankers with his own suit hoots and tries to be like how can i like make it good for hot weather and cold weather or have one for each situation Mm -hmm. now i'm up up against shocker or or uh electro how do i like ground my suit in a weird can i like rubberize it in a weird like he he ends up having to like make multiple suits or have things built into the suit that helps him with all of these villains um, which is neat and also is expensive. And he has to buy all of these parts. Yeah. 
and then he's you know he's he's stru- he's struggling to like I need to buy a camera for the bugle so I can make money yeah. to support Aunt May, but also it's cold and they need to buy thermals. So I do, do yeah. I buy thermals first so I I can uh, continue helping the city, which is then mm. gives me the job at the bugle because I get to take yes. pictures of Spider Man. So do I wait on that? I don't know he's- what's happening. Everything he has so shit. much to do <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And I like how the other characters will try and meet him halfway. Like when Aunt May finds out he's been taking photos for the bugle, she's like, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry you yes. have to do this, but thank you. Tell you what, I will take, you save 10% of every paycheck and you buy yourself a new camera with that and I will take the rest. Or like every time he has to leave his friends are going ice skating or whatever and he's to leave to do Spider-Man stuff and he comes back and he's like, I had to take photos for the bugle and his friends are mad, but they're always like, I know you he need that job. money. Yeah. You have yeah. to earn that to help Aunt May and I can't argue against that. Like that sort of continual conflict that doesn't really have an answer. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit here. Is there anything in the cartoon that didn't sit well with you that you did not like as much? Everybody's pupil is just like a big round circle of a color. Like they just have an iris and no pupil. I think that was a bit of an adjustment (laughs) at first. Although it does look cool. It works when Kurt Connors transforms into the lizard and then like and the it, animation it, style of his yeah. eye entirely changes. Yeah, like that was neat. I like that. Yeah, the the art the art style is very stylized, but I I think also lends itself well to when it needs to kind of be more realistic mm. and focus on like the high school characters yeah. or the people at the paper, right? Like it it it's realistic enough that it's almost reminiscent of of stuff you saw in like batman the animated harry's or Mm. or stuff like that uh but then yeah when it when it is stylized when it does the like green goblin stuff or mysterio and all you know uh like it it can be so stylized that it's like it's almost an acquired taste to get into this style it's not so harsh that you're just like whoa what's mm. happening but if you're just like eh, okay yeah maybe maybe not maybe i don't know um but yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah there. And, and like i said earlier i wish he had more platonic female friends where any aspect of romance didn't enter the picture like you said friends who were like oh we're both in history class together we help each other on our, our papers or whatever or we play the same video game when I have time to play video games. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think something like that would have been nice. Uh, things I did not like about the show. Mm. I don't like that they turned Craven into a beast, right? That he is oh, then, like, yeah. this lion character. <laughs> like, that whole thing was just weird. Um, I, I guess... See, I have no context for any of this. There are very few things I know about the comics. So I don't know when something happens, if it is new or not. Maybe there's a classic story where Craven did turn into some sort of lion man and everybody's like, right, you know the Craven lion man story. But I, I understand <laughs> that if that is brand new, it, it doesn't uh, sit well. Well, Melissa, what about the time when uh, when uh, John J- 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 Jameson, J- Jonah's son, gets turned into a werewolf? Do you think that's 
true or not? Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like, but, 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 yeah, I, I, I think, like, I see how they get there mm. of like he is a hunter of beasts. What if he turns into beasts? It, it fits. Uh, with mm-hmm. like the rhino being right there, Spider-Man also another animal-themed thing. There's the lizard, right? Like it is, it it makes sense. It's like I see how mm-hmm. you got there, yeah. But I just I don't like that. Is kind of what's interesting to me about Craven is that he he becomes the beast metaphorically in mm. in like he he is still human, but he learns to hunt it by like starting to think like it and stuff like that and one of his more famous stories is where he kills peter parker takes up the mantle of spider-man and tries to do it better and like stuff like that i think is really neat instead of being like but what if he's actually a lion man (laughs) right Um, so that was a little strange uh also Mysterio, I was not a big fan of this version of Mysterio. I mm-hmm. like the I like that it, it's it's like half and half. The the aspect that I like about Mysterio is that he is into the like Hollywood movie special effects yeah. and stuff like that. That's perfect. I love that. Um but then the fact that he's more like what if Doctor Strange was evil? Like that's how he yeah. acts and he just seems like a yes. wizard. Is I was like I don't really like that version of him mm-hmm. um i don't know like it, it seemed more like he was casting spells than yeah stuff which i was just like i could he doesn't need to do all of that um but oh well i, I will you know <laughs> i will say this is not a specific qualm with this show this is something that happens frequently in a lot of media where kids are teasing other kids in a school setting and it gets so harsh that you're like no teacher is stepping in to say hey cut that out some of the barbs these kids throw at each other get kind of mean they do it's par for the course unfortunately um yeah like like that is an interesting thing that was like in spider-man cast of characters you don't really hear much about like his high school teachers or stuff yeah you hear about his college professors and in a sense i think that makes sense for the most part like if if you Mm. are if if you are proficient in a certain subject i feel like your college professors are truly the ones that that help to shape you Mm. or challenge you in that way whereas high school they might be proud of you if they still like not if they still remember your if you still remember them they'd be like oh yeah i remember you you right like good you know you go peter parker you made a company down the road good for mm. you uh i don't know like I, I i know some people have the experience of having like a high school age teacher um and not high school age teacher high school like grade level teacher that Mm. really impacted them in in that way but you don't see that in the spider-man comics and so you don't see it in the show yeah which is interesting and so yeah like there's one teacher there i i I forget his name uh 
and that's kind of it. And then you get the you get the guest theater teacher that comes in down the road. And so, yeah, the teachers are almost just non-existent in the show, which is interesting. You have all of these like he looks up to scientists in the real world. He looks up to Kirk Connors, Miles Warren, Norman Oz, stuff like that. I I want to talk a little bit about some of the specific episodes. I mentioned that I really like what the show does with episode structures. Like we've got a whole uh, black and white flashback to Uncle Ben episode. We have an episode where everybody's trying out for the school play. So interspersed between Spider-Man fighting whoever the foe was that week. You get all these cutaways to all of his high school peers, just like on a on a dark stage, you know, under a spotlight, giving you some uh, pivotal lines of Shakespeare that echo what Peter is going through. And it's all yeah. the different characters. They all say it different ways. Sally Avril like cheers hers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is like, I, I, I don't like her character. But I think she fits so well. Yeah. <laughs> Just with, with, with the, with the red, like the one that has the like really standout accent, like, oh, yeah, yes. you're from New York. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's just like <laughs> everything is cheer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Like there's there's that. There's an episode where uh, a bunch of the criminals are having a clandestine meeting in a private box in an opera house so you get this opera backdrop it's it's very quantum of solace so there's real opera like covering the whole episode they do need like background juxtapositions like that to to whatever it is peter is going through yeah i i like that one a lot especially because the the opera one is mostly the like criminal underworld like it is the heads of the crime families uh in that one that are kind of doking it out eventually the doc ock shows up but uh right like you have tombstone and silver sable and silver mane there and a hammerhead there and it's yeah it is this like godfather at like this opera thing is happening while this big fight like it's as close as they can get to a gangster and it it works it's kind of neat like i really liked that with that one a lot um and then we kind of alluded to it but the very last episode is flash's birthday uh and they're doing uh, the thing where it's like the camcorder recording all of the characters having some special message to him, which I, I don't know when it came out, but reminded me a lot of Cloverfield, where it starts oh, with that party. Yes. Right. And they're all that, like having those birthday messages, stuff like that. Let me see if mm. I can look that up when it came out. And stuff like yes. That. Like that episode it is the final episode listed. Uh, in all of them, they're on Disney Plus. 2008. I think it is. Is when Cloverfield well, came out. So that may have. Probably not. I don't know. It, it, like, it's right around the same time. I don't know exactly, but yeah. <laughs> that final episode, I think it must have aired later. And that's why Disney Plus puts it final in the episode run, because that is not where it goes in continuity. 
I think that episode must have been like the very beginning of the spring semester because that's like when they introduce here are your your guest teachers for the semester. I think that's when Shashan Wynn enters. That's when like Harry comes back from rehab. Like it's a check in on the Eddie Brock Venom storyline. And the main villain fight that Spider-Man has is Sandman. And it involves like a an oil tanker like catching on fire. And I wonder if maybe that had happened recently and it was too sensitive. So they had to push it a while around. Yeah. I I think that was that the Exxon one that happened. I don't remember. I I think it was Exxon. I I, yeah. I like I remember it happening and it being a thing Mm -hmm. on the news. But I was young enough where I didn't care about any of Mm -hmm. that stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. was just like, I'm not I'm going to play my video games, read my comics. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it, it is weird that the se- like the season ends with this big reveal that Harry was never the Green Goblin. Norman was the Green Goblin and he pinned it on Harry, which is so harsh. Like, like breaks his dark. leg like all almost yes, at the end he there. Breaks it's, his son's ooh. leg to mirror the own injury that he got fighting Peter as the Green Goblin so that Peter will think Harry has been the Green Goblin. And the whole episode, you're wondering, oh, is whoever this Green Goblin is, if it isn't Norman and it isn't Harry, who is the third person who's like taken on the Green Goblin mantle? And then the reveal that the Green Goblin is Norman and Norman has been the shapeshifter guy. That was it's a big chameleon. surprise for me. Who, yeah, chameleon. Is- thank you. So here's so here's the thing with that. You said like this is also good for adults because there's a few yes. surprises in in the, there. If you're unfamiliar with uh, like the chameleon or Miles Warren and stuff like that, you like there is a like it could be anyone, and there is a moment as I was watching this because uh, there because Harry Osborne's mom really isn't in the show and then oddly is like prominently seen in one scene in this end of like who is the 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 green goblin really and so you have this thought of like is it his mom somehow yes that's what i was thinking and they have a moment in there where they mention that like could it be his mom and and they're just like nah (laughs) um but if if you know the cast of characters a little bit more you have two options on on the board right you have Malian, who is a master of disguise uh and then you have miles warren who is known for cloning so you're like is this miles warren did he clone osborne somehow like what's happening here and yeah it turns out to be the chameleon but it's one of those things like even if you know like you don't really know and it's hard that like there's yeah. options here it's like huh, yes interesting it's good mm-hmm. it's good stuff um but yeah you're you're right i can see how that may have been at the start and got pushed back that 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 final episode there but i also kind of like that as a final episode set up for season three because, yeah, they mm. do a lot of flash b- 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 backs, but that's, I think, also a, a good way for them to introduce something a, a, a little bit more. Like they, they start to bring the, f- uh, the, the v- v- Venom back a, l- a little 
bit in in that in the I mean, again, this whole thing is a flashback. So mm. we do see the conclusion of that kind of. Um, but it's just I, like it would have been an interesting way for them to like set up stuff in season three if they had a season three to continue into and stuff like that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, oh, well, two seasons, 26 episodes. It was good, though. I, I really enjoyed yeah. watching this a, a lot. I'm glad we got to to talk about this on the show. Yeah, I didn't. I like only vaguely remembered this show happening. I think it is the art style of like the full circle dots of a plain color in the eyes. I think like that is a visual detail I remembered that yeah. separated this from other cartoons around the time. But I was really surprised when you're like, this cartoon from 2008 is one of the greatest Spider-Man adaptations. And I just barely knew it. Yeah, it's just it's so true to what Spider-Man is as a character. Like that's I I'm of the mind that uh, superhero movies, superhero adaptations, like all that stuff, as long as they get things as close as they can to the origin story. You can kind of go in any direction you want. Of course, it will it will ring more true if yeah, if this stuff is true to these characters and how they act and stuff like that. And you're not changing things drastically in that regard. I mean, because that's what the comics are at the end of the day. They're just making stories up Mm -hmm. as they go. Right. Um, So, yeah, like I, I I think this is an interesting example of them mixing from all these different sources, changing things slightly um, to both fit their narrative or to simplify them. Uh, Like for example, Liz Allen's brother Mm -hmm. in, in this. Oh yeah. Like he, he is a character uh, that shows up in the comics. Um, He in the comics, however, he is, her stepbrother um mm-hmm. so not like blood related uh and has a different last name as 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 her so you don't initially know that mm. they are step brothers and they're related in that way but yeah he's the molten man um if you guys have seen the mcu and seen uh spider-man uh, f- uh far from home is that the yeah the one where he's in in on the field yeah. trip yeah that like molten ca- character that he's finding oh. that's him that yeah that, okay like, that's what at least what they're alluding to in okay. the MCU is like oh that's supposed to be molten man um so <laughs> that that is something that bugged me slightly just in that i didn't totally buy that a high schooler was really into horse race gambling like yeah. who's who who is taking your bets? Who is like, yeah, I accept this bet because definitely this 17-year-old can pay me five thousand dollars. If it had Good been Lord. like online gaming gambling or something, it would have made a little bit more sense to me. This felt like a hey, real Peter, old school cyber gambling. <laughs> right. <laughs> if he was addicted to a poker website, I, I would have liked it a little bit more. <laughs> exactly. Have you heard of Beyblade gambling? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah um yeah that that was a weird storyline that i also felt like didn't work exactly i don't know like it's it's i mean it is an issue to talk about i just found it not quite as likely that a fellow high schooler would be in severe gambling debt on horse races of all things compared to harry getting addicted to goblin green which felt more appropriate Yes. Yeah. It like, th- sure, they can have a storyline like that. I just don't think the one that they had fit worked mm. as well. Um, but yeah, good show. I'm glad we got to talk about yes. this finally. Um, I am going to pull up bingo so we can do a bingo, bingo check in um, and see where we are. Ugh. Let's see. We, the Google I don't think Doodle got- for Mother's Day is really cute this year. Oh, nice. Um, I don't think we have a, if I'm here and you're here, who's driving the bus, no treasure map, no big puddle splash, no mocap character. No time to eat breakfast. Do we get a diary entry in this? Any? Um, I think so. I don't think so, but I'll tell you what we do get. We get a butler. We do get a butler. Yeah. I, uh, the we get great scene where he like walks out of yes. the stuff. He's like, Norman, yes. Harry, Spider-Man. <laughs> <Right? Yeah. laughs> we have that. We have cat burglary. Um, Did we? No, Mary Jane was wearing like a black dress to prom. Oh, no. Was. Was when does Gwen Stacy gets. Does Gwen Stacy, when MJ kind of gives her a makeover, is she wearing a red dress? I I feel like there is a red dress somewhere in here, but I don't okay, remember I'll, exactly. I feel like she is red or something like that. I I'm gonna put it down. Uh, I have to collect three sexy red dresses over the course of the year. Sexy here in big quotation marks because we are talking about high schoolers, but you know the concept of sure. Wow, yeah. you stepped yeah. out in this one specific outfit and you're now ten times hotter. It's that 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 I'm tracking. Um, crashing a fancy party. I I feel like we can mark that down because Tombstone had that like fancy party, and yeah. it's Green Goblin that crashes it. So so I I I guess that's a question. Then is are are we distinguishing like it has to be the main character that crashes uh, like oh or no they're like no main protagonists say- or is it okay that green goblin crashed a fancy party here yes yes anybody can do it a villain definitely counts good stuff there um i think that might be it for me yeah i'm i don't think i have any new bingos but i'm closing in yeah we're getting there we're getting there i have two bingos at the moment Cool. Good stuff. I think that is our our bingo update. Um, Let's see here. Bring that back around, which means, Melissa, I will toss it to you for recommendations. Uh, If people enjoy this, what else might they might they enjoy? The few things I do know about old school Spider-Man comic continuity. 
come from a book we read back uh, for Valentine's Day 2019, which yeah. was Spider-Man Blue. This was a graphic novel from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. It's about an adult Peter Parker who's married to Mary Jane, and he is still grieving the classic death of Gwen Stacy when he was younger. And it's about mm -hmm. him sort of going through like an old memory box and just like writing her a letter like Gwen if you were still alive this is what I would want to say to you so it's like a flashback story about their romance how she died and then how MJ was was there for him to to, to help heal him up and how and then their romance it's yeah. a really sweet story yeah a little bit on the sad side yes but a gr melancholy a gr yeah book nonetheless and yeah I mm -hmm. think deals a lot with like this era of Peter Parker's life. Well, I, I guess in the comics, it was college, but here in the cartoon, right? It was all mm. high school stuff. So yeah. good stuff. We talked about That's that way back on episode 44 of the review show. Mm -hmm. uh, and since you mentioned it earlier, uh, also even earlier than that, like our first October of the review show, we did talk about Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. We talked we about did, season yeah. one of that show. This was a show on Cartoon Network from like 2010, I think. So shortly after this time period, mm -hmm. uh, that is a, a Scooby-Doo retake. They do. They look the same. They do all the same stuff, but they don't travel around. They are in one specific small town. Uh, and as they solve these mysteries of the week, they start to figure out that there is a bigger mystery and there's something weird that's been going on in their town for generations. It's so it's all one. this classic Scooby-Doo stuff you like, but with a real uh, serious, committed, compelling, like ongoing mystery structure to it and more uh, sort of teen romance drama going on. Yeah, yeah, I, I, re I really like that adaptation. I think that one's really strong. Absolutely. Uh -huh. um, do, do you remember which one episode we covered that one on? Did you mention? Let me see. I know it was early. My here. podcast app. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. Uh, 25. We like switched. Thank you. We like switched Long podcast hosts or whatever. And the way it shows up in my app is that there's a couple missing from around that uh, transition time. Yeah. But I use a weird podcast app nobody else uses. So, okay. Um, uh, and I, I just want to shout out another cartoon from around this time, also on Disney Channel. Totally very different, but it's a personal favorite of mine. I love Phineas and Ferb. I just want sure. people to know Phineas and Ferb is legitimately excellent. That show is so funny. It's so well crafted. It's got no drama. It's very silly. It is one hundred percent a comedy. Except when it's also a musical. Did you know every yeah. episode of Phineas and Ferb features an original musical number? Did not know that. I have not seen Phineas and Ferb. I throw it on sometime. I find that it's so charming. It's legit one of my favorite shows. Cool. Good stuff. <laughs> this this kid's cartoon from when I was in college. One of my favorite shows. Cool. Cool. Uh, I will add Ben 10 to the list. Yes. Also something that we have covered here on the show way back on episode 84. Um, ben 10 is one of my more favorite cartoons, um, it, especially of this like age group. Mm -hmm. um, 
or, or like target audience age group is what I mean with that. Uh, it is like a it's a little bit more sci-fi. It's also kind of in the vein of like super heroics and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and there is a lot of Ben 10 cartoons and then things yes. there's there's, you know, Ben 10 and Ben 10 Omniverse and Ben 10 this and Ben 10 that. Um, but it, uh, yeah, that is a great cartoon that I really enjoy as well. Um, so you also brought Spider-Man Blue. I will second that one. Uh, if you want some Spider-Man comics that are kind of uh, also like in the more in the high school age range, because the, mm. um, the 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 uh, like Steve Ditko, Stan Lee original Spider-Man stuff, it starts out in high school and then mm-hmm. very quickly moves on to college, and then college is there for a while, uh, mm. and then graduates and and stuff like that. But uh, the u- ultimate spider-man comics by brian michael bendis um are incredible um i i have to say when i first i remember when the ultimate comics first came out and the collected edition of volume one came out uh i did not like the artwork on the cover enough that i like wrote that series off i was like well if the artwork is that bad then um and I I got to college and a fr- friend of m- m- mine who, who got me into comics and stuff like that was like, no, you you need to read this Harry's. And so I started to read it and got addicted and was like reading it all the time and just quickly caught up. Um, it is a great Harry's that focuses on Peter when he's in high school and um starts out with uh go with Gwen Stacy rather than Mary Jane uh as mm. like the the main love in interest which I appreciated um and uh it also is eventually where we get Miles Morales uh in those ah. comics down down the road and I know we have uh Spider-Man across the spider verse coming out in a couple weeks here um so yeah I'd say go go check that stuff out. Uh, I'm tr- tr- trying to think other comics or stuff. I, if you're interested in getting into comics but are kind of overwhelmed with like all the superhero stuff, where do I start? I always recommend The Runaways by Brian Kavon. This is about a group of kids who find out their parents are super villains. And so they decide to run away and fight back. Um, and it's it's really good. It, it takes place in the Marvel universe, but it's on the West Coast. So it's away from everything else. It's all brand new characters. You don't need to know anything. You don't need to have yeah. read like 600 issues of Spider-Man to understand like, ah, now I finally get who who Fancy Dan is. And, and, and now I get who Mon- Montana is and the Enforcers, right? Um you, you don't need to know all of that stuff. So you can jump right in with issue one by Brian K. Vaughn. And it slowly starts to introduce uh, like, oh, they've now met Spider-Man. Oh, they've now met Wolverine. Oh, they've now met Kingpin. Right. Um, and stuff like that. And I think that's a good way to kind of slowly ease yourself into those comics there. So I'd recommend those. Nice. 
Good stuff. You indeed. are the expert. I don't know about expert, but <laughs> you know more about <laughs> Spider-Man than any other person I've met in real life. <laughs> I am a big Spider-Man fan. I like him a lot. He's a good character. Um, but yeah. Peter, a good boy. Peter okay. is a good boy. It is my Peter. turn for pitches for next week. Uh, yeah. We just watched this 26 episode show. Uh, the week after next week, we are going back to our ongoing monthly coverage on The Good Place. So I thought I would give us a movie in between these TV seasons we're watching. Give us a bit of a break. And it's it's mid-May. I think we are we are hitting summertime. I, you can't consider summer is happening now that kids are getting out of school and shows yep. are hitting season finales. That demarcates summer for me. So I have three hot movies for you. Ooh. Not spicy. Not sexy. High thermostat. It's sweaty in here. These are okay. three sweaty movies. Cue the Nelly Uh Pitch number one is the movie Barton Fink from 1991, Barton directed Fink. by the Coen brothers. Okay. Interesting. You may know Barton Fink uh, as being referenced in the comic book Sex Criminals as one of the fake porn titles called Hard on Fink. Yes. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you remember when we I read Sex Criminals on episode for episode 69? 69. Yep. The only choice. Uh, at the end of that comic, they had a whole page of alt lines for sexy versions of Barton Fink dialogue. And it's in the bonus material. And they're like, we knew nobody would be this much in a Barton Fink that we could fit all of these into the comic. So here it is for you. <laughs> Any Barton Great. Fink fans out there. So since then, I'm like, I really got to see this Barton Fink movie. Wow. Uh, set in 1941, an intellectual New York playwright, played by John Turturro, accepts an offer to write movie scripts in L.A. He finds himself with writer's block when required to do a B-movie script. His neighbor tries to help, but he continues to struggle as a bizarre sequence of events distracts him. He's apparently put up in this hotel room. It's 1941. Does AC even exist? Like, I've heard that this is like a sweaty movie. Like, the wallpaper is, is peeling Killing, off. Yeah. Everything's damp and limp, and he's just going mad from the heat, typing away at this typewriter. Interesting. Okay. Barton Fink. Pitch number two. This, I believe, would be the oldest movie we would cover on the review show, should you pick it. This Ooh. is a movie called The Wages of Fear. Wages of Fear. This, Why do I know in this the South I, I, I feel like this is also, a, a, like, I, I've, I've heard the title somewhere, and I just don't know what it is. Let me tell you what it is. In the South American jungle, suppliers, supplies of nitroglycerin are needed at a remote oil field. The oil company pays four men to deliver the supplies in two trucks. A tense rivalry develops between the two sets of drivers on the rough remote roads where the slightest jolt can result in death. Is this the what is there like a, something about a bridge like them crossing the a br I think bridge so. on the yes, car? The I, whole, I, OK, okay. I, I think I yes. know what this is. The conceit of this is that because the supplies they are transporting are so sensitive, they have to go as slow and as smoothly as possible. So they're in this sweaty, sweaty jungle, sweating more because they are so tense 
about if we take one wrong move, everything is going to explode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Because there was something something that I was into or or some creator that I like that referenced it within the past couple years. And it's been like floating around in the back of my head, not like up front, like I need to watch this now, but like, mm. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good. <laughs> and finally, we can bring the heat by watching Heat! Michael heat. Mann's Heat! Pacino, De Niro, share the screen. Ooh. Same scene. In this 1995 crime thriller, master criminal Neil McCauley is trying to control the rogue actions of one of his men, while oh, also planning man. one last big heist before retiring. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Hannah attempts to track down McCauley as he deals with the chaos in his own life, including the infidelity of his wife and the mental health of his stepdaughter. McCauley and Hannah discover a mutual respect, even as they try to thwart each other's plans. Oh, Melissa, you made this so difficult for me. I I will provide you these additional details. Barton Fink is not streaming anywhere. You'd have to pay $4 to rent it or check okay. your local library. The Wages of Fear is on HBO Max. Surely they're in the TCM collection. Heat mm-hmm. appears to be on Netflix and also on Pluto TV, which <laughs> for a movie this acclaimed starring these Oscar winners, I just think it's funny that it's on little old Pluto TV. Probably with so, a- ads playing on it. Yeah. Right. Which gives you the real, like, I caught this on a Saturday afternoon on on AMC vibe to it, which might be what you want. Uh, so, Kyle, we can bring the heat by watching Heat, The Wages of Fear, or Barton Fink. I have to admit, it is a tie right now in my mind between... Uh, the wages of fear and heat. Yeah, I figured. Um, I, I think I'm gonna go with the wages of fear, though. I think that one sounds okay. the most interesting to me because I like I I know that I would like heat. I haven't seen it. Yes. Um, and uh, there's some podcasters that I know that have been doing a Michael Mann podcast oh. called Man Hunting. Um, Good. And yes. Yeah, yeah. And they they have like podcasts about all of that stuff. So heat has been on my like all of that. Like, let, let me go. What like why are they so interested in like this guy's filmography here um so i've been interested in checking out all of that stuff and it's a crime movie so of right. course i sure would really like it right exactly but uh i'm i'm interested in checking out this one that i like i don't know exactly what it is but it's always sounded interesting and i know it's also very critically acclaimed yes. at, at least from what i hear as 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 like like you remember it was a podcast a month or two ago and i i i I asked you like what was the last movie you watched to like educate yourself like if you were in like a a class in college like cinema 101 like what what is the last movie you watched that was like film education um i feel like this would fit in that category so i want to check that one out 
Yes. I the also wages think of fear, right? The That's wages the of, of fear. Yeah. Okay. On HBO Max. Uh, I, it was also remade. I think this is a, a French movie, perhaps. It's it's multilingual. Mm. It's international. It was later remade by William Friedkin in the 70s as a movie called Warlock, which I think is also okay. well received. But Wages of Fear is like it had like a 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe because it's so old. There were not very many critics to source from at that time, but still I gotcha. Pretty high up there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it is very funny that we will be covering this movie the same weekend that Fast X comes out. Yep. <laughs> so we're going to see the fastest driving and the slowest driving. In Amazing. One weekend. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Opposite extremes. Slow X. Fast X. <laughs> <laughs> um, good stuff. Yeah. So next week, then that means we will do the wages of fear. Uh, and then the week after that, season two of The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Get excited. Go do all that stuff. Go do what you need to go do. Just prepare for all of that. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where we talk about a lot of old cartoons. We did an episode on scooby-doo mystery incorporated good stuff we did one with Phineas and ferb you can hear me yeah. talk about a lot of this stuff again that's awesome uh you guys can find me at yo kyle springer and if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff we do here at the whatnots we are at the whatnots on twitter so please go like share and subscribe you guys know the deal with all of that if you're watching this on youtube we got plenty more videos for you all to check out uh, but yeah, this has been number 253 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.